We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, Brooks Childress with you here on this Tuesday edition of the program. And we are now pleased to go back to our orthopedic clinic phone line and we welcome on Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. Kind of take some more time out of his week to join us today. Justin, how how are things in your world? No, I'm doing all right. How are y'all? Uh, doing very well. Of course, we have to start with uh, the Auburn and Georgia game inside of Jordan-Hare Stadium on Saturday. Obviously, the Tigers' big underdogs coming into that game. Uh, what was the most important thing that Auburn did well that, that uh, Tigers fans should feel good about? I mean, it's just the fact that they played a close game with Georgia. It's been a while since one of those has happened. Uh, you know, 2019 was the last time Auburn lost close to Georgia, and even that game, they were down 21 nothing heading into the fourth quarter. Um, so you got to really go back to 2017, last time it was a real four-quarter game against against Georgia. And so I think for Auburn, that's that's progress. Shows that you are making progress. You're making some steps in the right direction as a program. I don't think Georgia's as good as they've been the last couple of years, but they're still very, very good. And I thought it was something that Auburn played a close game with a team like Georgia without necessarily playing like the best basketball possible or football possible, I should say. Um, you know, that's that's a good sign. Um, you know, you can tighten a lot of things up from that game uh, and feel like you come out even better. So no moral victories. You know, um, it is a heartbreaking loss because you feel like you came so close. But I, I think if you're Auburn, you'll take you'll definitely take, uh, you know, uh, making the progress that they made in this game. Uh, now that we've gotten through the the games that we have, and uh, and now we're at a bye week, uh, looking at this offense, have they developed an identity? Are they still trying to develop an identity, and if so, what is that? You know, just what are your thoughts on this offense and where it stands right now as we go into an off week? Yeah, I think they know what they want their identity to be. It's just a matter of going out and doing it. They're going to be a run heavier team than most teams, but they got to be able to throw the ball. And so far this season, they just haven't been able to throw the ball very effectively. Um, they got to get better at it. Um, I thought Peyton Thorne was better in this game than he was against Texas A&M. Um, I thought some, you know, not great stats, but, you know, receivers probably could have come down with a few of those balls and, you know, it's a different ball game. So, you know, I think they're going to want to run the ball. They're going to want to be creative in the different ways they use the running game, and they did that against Georgia. They just got to find ways to, you know, actually just make some progress throwing the ball. Um, and, you know, if they do that, I think this is going to be a team that, you know, an offense that can get better as the season goes on and pick up some wins that they need. Um, so I don't think they're trying to, like, search for an identity, like, what they're good at. I think they know what they're good at, but I think they also know that, like, if you're not balanced, it's going to be hard to be good at the th- at the stuff you're stronger at, which right now is running the ball. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Ryan started out asking you about the positives of the week, you know, one and kind of looking at a negative – and you did a good breakdown on this about the uh, third down situation with Auburn. We've been discussing it over the last two days. Uh, what was it that you saw? What was the issue for Auburn on third downs? Uh, really, both sides. I mean, they could not convert third downs, and they couldn't stop third downs. And so what was the issue there? Yeah, I think on offense, it was just kind of some uncreative play calling on third and short. Pretty predictable, some of the things they were doing, and really caught up with them in that game. Um, also the fact that, you know, Third and long is just a death sentence for this team right now. When you can't throw the ball effectively, you get in third and long, you're, you're just toast. And I think that's kind of the bigger issue for the offense more than anything. On defense, 
Georgia's got the best player in the country in Brock Bowers. they got some guys that can win one-on-one battles. I mean, Lad McConkey's a good receiver. I, I'll tell you a big difference in this game. Georgia's transfer receivers were two SEC guys that have made plays before, Rara Thomas, Dominic Lovett. Auburn's transfer receivers are a lot of guys who, you know, this is the first time they're playing in big games like this at the SEC level, and I think it showed in that game. Um, but, you know, I think the big thing, um, you know, you can't blitz on every down. You can't be predictable with your pass rush. But I do think Auburn might would go back uh, from that game and say, you know what, we probably should have done a better job of, um, you know, blitzing and, and, and finding ways they were more effective with their blitz on third downs than when they just rushed four. And, you know, Auburn's, Auburn just can't get uh, quality pass rush this season with just four guys on a consistent basis. That's just, you know, not the case. I mean, if, if a team just decides, hey, Jalen McLeod's not going to beat us on this play and you can double team them or chip them or something like that, it's just been hard for Auburn to make plays. So I feel like they probably could have blitzed a little bit more. Could have changed up the coverage. I, you know, I, I don't think the coverages and the calls were necessarily bad. For what Auburn did, I just don't think they just had the personnel to beat Brock Bowers um, and, and some of those guys like you know Donovan Kaufman's great football player. He's he's made some big plays for Auburn this season. He's a smaller guy trying to guard the best tight end in football right now. So I mean, like that's really really tough to to do. Um, I thought when Jalen Simpson got hurt um, and was not on the field as much in the second half, that really called up to him because Simpson did a really good job on Bowers in that game. He didn't really have him, and Georgia was trying to play away from Simpson. So some strategy, some execution, um, errors on Auburn, but I think a good chunk of it was just, hey, Georgia's got some dudes, and they've got you know elite football players that made more plays than Auburn did. Justin, you kind of touched on this when we talked about the offense, but I, I want to go back and uh, what was your thoughts on Hugh on the offense since Hugh Freeze took a little bit more uh, 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 front row approach to the game planning and the play calling on Saturday? Yeah, no, I mean he didn't take over play calling and he didn't you know <laughs> run. Philip Montgomery out of a job or anything like that. Uh, still a collaborative process, but Hugh put more, had more of his fingerprints on it, and he's just kind of looking at it and saying this, like, hey, you know, we need to get better. Offense is my thing. I'm willing to sacrifice some recruiting time in order to help us out. Um, and so I thought Auburn's game plan was pretty good. Um, there were obviously a few calls they'd want to have back for sure. But, you know, I think, I think you were better on offense. Um, I mean, Heck, this is the first time Georgia's given up 200 yards on the ground in a game in like four years. So, I mean, so you did some really good things at times out there. Um, but I think ultimately for Auburn, the the big thing for them was just, you know, they've got to, you know, they've got to find a way to get this passing game going. I'm not expecting them to, you know, start throwing three, 400 yard games out there, but you just got to be more effective because um, if you're not, that running game, which you've got a multifaceted, creative running game, your offensive lines, a better run blocking unit than what we saw last season. You can't take full advantage of that if you are very predictable um, on early down and if you just you know the other team knows they don't have a threat to throw. Um, and when you do that, you face loaded boxes, you face stacked defenses, and it just gets out of whack. So I think Q having more input on this offense is a good thing. Um, I don't think there's any controversy um, there or anything like that. Um, I think it's just head coach taking more responsibility and kind of going back to his roots a little bit off week. I'm sure they'll be working out a lot of those things and see if they can do something, um, you know, these next few weeks, because I mean, you look at the next three games, Auburn's got LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi state. Those are three defenses that had a hard time so far this season. So there could be some opportunities for Auburn to uh, really, really get, get going and, and uh, take some steps forward on offense. 
Uh, you you just used the word controversy, and uh, you know I'm gonna just kind of pick your pick your brain and pick your gut here. But and as we go into this off week, uh, you know Auburn's gonna want to run the ball a, a lot. Has Peyton Thorne done enough in the run game to say that he can run this as a rushing type offense? Uh, does Robbie Ashford see more? Uh, what is your gut on what's going to happen with this quarterback play or the quarterback situation as we get into the uh, after the off week, I should say? Yeah, I would be very surprised if Peyton Thorne lost the starting job. I do think, you know, actually, also, I do think that he, he made some progress and played well enough in some areas to take a step forward. Like I said, some of the receivers going to come down with some better plays there. Wasn't perfect, obviously. He had his own mistakes, but I think, you know, the passing game struggles are not just on the quarterback. It's kind of like a, in this game, it was kind of like an everybody kind of thing uh, there for Auburn's offense. I did think the Robbie Ashford usage was good. Um, that was a package. You know, it wasn't like, because I asked Reese about this after the game on Saturday, like, hey, you used him more often. He's like, yeah, that was, that was the package. You know, we just ran the package more. We probably should have ran it more with him. So, Maybe you'll see more Robbie Ashford, but I don't think you're going to see Robbie Ashford in a hey you have this you have this drive or hey you you're starting or you know you are a guy now um, unless you know some changes there. So I think Thorne being able to run the ball is good. Um, he is more athletic than people give him credit for. Um, he is Auburn's best shot at throwing the ball. I mean I don't want to I don't want to rag on Robbie Ashford and I don't want to pick on him because um, I think he's he's done a really good job with what he's been asked to do this year, but Auburn just really hadn't asked him. It, do, it does not seem the play calling when he's on the field. It does not seem that Auburn has confidence in him to throw the ball uh, downfield very often. Like, that's just that's just not what they're doing with him right now. So, um, ultimately, they want Thorne to be better through the air, uh, but I do think there's a way to do that and also keep using Robbie Astrid and his, his strength on the ground. So, I uh, would not be surprised if we see more of him out of the off week, but I still think this is Thorne's job. Justin, you know, you, you mentioned this guy's name when you were talking about the the uh, struggles on defense a minute ago. But Brock Bowers, he, he came alive in that second half, specifically that fourth quarter. What was the difference when from the first half to the second half, and how did he start? You know, kind of dominating that defense a little bit. Yeah, Jalen Simpson got hurt. I'm not. Gonna, I mean, that that that's that's pretty much the bottom line. Also, if you go back and watch that game, there were a lot of times where Bowers was motion in pre snap. Georgia was getting him away from Jalen Simpson. Simpson had done a really good job in coverage on him. Um, so, you know, Simpson wasn't able to play every down in the second half. Um, and that, you know, Georgia took advantage of that. Like I said, Donald McCoffin's a great player. Um, he's done some really good things for Auburn. He's not built to cover Brock Powers uh, as well as some other guys on the team could have been. You could have used a Keontae Scott out there, uh, obviously. Um, you, you were just kind of maybe a step slow at times with your other safeties. Um, so I, I think – it's a combination of factors. I think one, Georgia really leaned on, um, really leaned on Bowers when they knew that you know Simpson wasn't 100. Uh, percent It was also the fact that Simpson wasn't 100. percent And you know, I mean, he just dude made plays. And you know, I think the best bet for Auburn down the stretch of that game was you know making sure that Carson Beck had to get the ball out of his hands quick and not you know not throw have time to throw it down the field. Um, you know that first big third down conversion that Bowers had that one hander behind his back um that's just an awesome play on a not great throw um that gets decent coverage i mean that, that'll happen you just just say hey you got it on that one the late one before the touchdown uh, on the final drive that one if you go back and look um it's just you know he had time you know, beck had time to throw 
and Bowers had time to get open. Like when you aren't a hundred percent in your secondary and you're playing the best uh, player, I, I think the best player in football on Brock Bowers, if you give the quarterback time, dude's going to get open at some point, can't cover him forever. Um, and so, you know, it just, it just worked out that way. And then, you know, he's hard to bring down. Uh, and uh, they just, Georgia did a much better job of funneling the ball to him when Auburn's best coverage weapon was off the field. We're talking to Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer today on Sports Call. A couple more for you, Ferg. Let's turn our attention real quick to basketball. And over the last couple of weeks, uh, there was have uh, some schedule updates. The SEC schedule came out. The times uh, for a lot of these games and the non-conference and the SEC slate came out. What do you think of uh, everything to do schedule-wise here in the last week or two? I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, we knew when they were happening and you know all that. But getting some times, I thought hey, it was interesting. You know, some of the some of the games that Auburn had didn't seem to have very many early games, early tips, a lot of later ones. So I think it could be a, a factor, especially at home, um, you know, getting a, getting a really good charged up crowd, um, you know, be interesting to see what they do when they play Baylor here, start the year in, in, in South Dakota. But, you know, I thought it was a really good, uh, it was, you know, a lot, of, a lot of stuff that I think, you know, that schedule, the way it shakes out is, you know, could be a good one for Auburn. I don't see a lot of just overwhelming stretches that would be too, too hard for them. And then, Ferg, I saw that uh, yesterday, or excuse me, not yesterday, Sunday, you and some of the guys on the beat uh, went to Talladega for that cup race. Give me the background on that, if you've ever yeah. ever been before, and, and how much fun that was. No, that was my first time. So, uh, Jordan Hill, uh, used to cover Auburn here, who's now back at Georgia, uh, is getting married uh, in a few months, and uh, he had some of his friends uh, go to Talladega. He's a huge NASCAR guy, grew up. Grew up uh, in a in really NASCAR country in North Georgia, where there's just a lot of fans and a lot of drivers have come through there. Um, so he's a big NASCAR guy, and he was just like, "Hey, I'm already gonna be in Auburn for for uh, Auburn Georgia weekend. That weekend's racing Talladega. Let's just go. You know, let's let's uh, let's go on Sunday and see what see. You know, I'll I'll, I'll show y'all you know what a NASCAR race is like. And yeah, you know, I'll be honest with you, I, I never really have been a NASCAR guy in my life. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just never really appealed to me. I got family. Uh, my dad's side of the family is from the Talladega area, so I was kind of familiar with just kind of you know the layout and all that. But just going there, it's just I got. I, I mean, I'll tell you, it was a lot of fun. Um, I got a great appreciation for like how insane NASCAR is. Like these cars are going 200 miles an hour, and they're like six inches from each other. It's it's crazy. It's loud. It's everything's just big, theatrical. Um, it's a lot of fun. I I, I had a blast. Um, you know, not probably not something that like a hobby that I'll just like start picking up watching routinely, but you know, kind of learning a lot about it and and uh, you know just witnessing it in person. It's definitely like you know, it's one of those things that's just completely different watching it um, in person than compared to watching it on TV. So I had fun. Um, I had a really good time, and you know, I'd definitely go back to a race uh, live in the future. It's just it's just pretty special to see. Uh, just everything that goes into it. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I, I join you there in that I had not been to a race until uh, just the other year when I went to Talladega, and uh, I, I did have a little bit of a background of liking the sport, but it is completely different in person. You get oh, yeah. the feel of the the noise and and just how fast that really is, and it's uh, it's pretty insane stuff. Well, Ferg, as always, we appreciate the time today. What can uh, our listeners and your readers find on the Auburn Observer here in the coming days during the bye week? Yeah, I know. So in the bye week, we are uh, taking some focus on basketball. I uh, wrote a uh, story today. We talked to Pearl and uh, Charles Barkley yesterday, um, you know, before the uh, the, turn, the the fundraising event that they do every year at Grand National. 
So got a lot of stuff from Bruce about the first week of practice, first scrimmages over the weekend. I don't know if y'all can hear in the background. I'm at practice right now. Um, so um, been been here, you know, the, since practice started last week. I've been to most of these, so learning a lot about this team. And um, so you're going to get a lot of basketball this week. I mean, we had the Monday story about Auburn's third down defense, the film room. You can check that out. But we had today's newsletters on uh, the basketball team. And then tomorrow it's kind of a, a bi-week tradition for us um, whenever football's off. Our, uh, what's usually our preview podcast for games on in the midweek. Um, we're actually going to switch that into a uh, basketball podcast, just kind of doing an early preview. So it'll just be nothing but basketball um, in our podcast tomorrow for subscribers. And then got the uh, 13 for 13 series uh, on Thursday. Going to write a story about D Ford that I'm looking forward to uh, writing and then mailbag on Friday. And then we'll be back at it early next week as uh, Auburn LSU um, gets cranked up and Auburn comes back from the bye week. So ton of stuff at the site right now, a lot of basketball, uh, but some football as well. AuburnObserver.com, check it out. We did hear from time to time some background noise uh, related to that basketball activity, and it's certainly a, a great sound to hear. Justin Ferguson with us today. Justin, as always, we appreciate the time. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Yep, absolutely. Thank you, guys.